So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Fulter, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. What's going on, guys? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and today's guest is a pretty dope dude. Um, he's helped me along my, uh, my health lifestyle journey um, over the past, I don't know, handful of months, and we got a pretty good topic coming on. So it is, uh, we're talking with Dr. Sam Wagner of The Wellness Way. So, man. Appreciate you taking time out and uh, Trevor, talking a little bit. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I know we've kind of talked about this in the past, making this happen. So I'm glad we finally were able to find some time to do so. So I am honored to be a part of this and be on the podcast. Yeah, man. We have been talking about it for, what, since summer? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time. Cool. Uh, well, you know, before we get into a the topic for today. Why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, yourself, kind of how you got um, going, what your background is, kind of what brought you to the well this way, like whatever you sure, want. Sure, yeah. Yeah, of course. So I um, was always kind of raised in the household that was pretty like holistic minded, I guess like alternative, right? And mm-hmm. my mom was really big into like homeopathic remedies and things like that. And um, that always was a huge, huge, Thing for me and I was like an athlete growing up and um went to a chiropractor growing up and got really into that but then I always felt like um that was only, that would address like one thing right just more like some functional stuff so to speak and like then seeing like um a local PT but I always was like well what about like the nutrition aspect what about like the lifestyle aspect outside of that and um <clears throat> when I was in college one of my assistant football coaches actually was a chiropractor at the wellness way here in green Bay. And, um, I went and shouted him and was like, man, this is like that full encompassing approach that I like really am like looking for and want to do. And that eventually led me to doing this. And just like a little snapshot of what the wellness way is all about. Um, there's like kind of this, uh, philosophy, I guess, so to speak, or this lens that we see health through. And it basically kind of goes like this. So if your body's a house, and your house is on fire, who's the best professional that's going to get that fire put out? Firemen, right? They've got specific training, specific tools and acts in the hose that in that emergency situation, they're going to get the fire put out. So let's say that fire burns and burns. Finally, they get it put out. You can't live in that house that same, same day. It could be too toxic. You could get too sick, right? So you're going to have to call another professional with other training, other tools that are going to help repair and rebuild that home for you, like a carpenter, a contractor. And at the Wellness Way, we are are those carpenter style doctors, right? And so from that standpoint, like that's not to discredit anything medicine does, right? Medicine mm-hmm. extends lives, saves lives, especially in emergency situations. You know, like I'm also myself, I'm also an EMT. I worked in emergency rooms for a long time. I have a brother who's a medical doctor, totally time, place and need. But the biggest question we have to ask, which was like, man, this makes so much sense to me now, is can you rebuild a house with an ax and a hose? No, you can't, right? So we can't always expect to rebuild our bodies with medications and surgeries. Obviously, there's totally time, place, and need, but there's other factors that are, that are at play. So that's how I kind of got into this a little bit more, right? Because, and we've talked about this before, Trevor. Like, I'm very much from like that more functional world of chiropractic mm-hmm. too, right? Like mm-hmm. the movement and um, things from that standpoint. And with that, though, this encompassing approach of looking at diet, looking at nutrition, right? Looking at these three T's, like physical stress, chemical stress, emotional stress, right? Trauma, toxins, and thoughts, we like to call them here. Mm. That is the full, full approach that I think is the best way to really care for someone as an individual. 
Sure. So, yeah. I agree. I mean, it's a, that's what, I mean, drew me when we had uh, Dr. Flynn on earlier, you know, it was like eye opening because I, I love that fireman carpenter analogy. Like, yeah, it just makes so much sense. It breaks things down. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, you're not going to build a house starting from like the top or just some random ass place. <laughs> like, you're going right. to start at the bottom. You got to build a solid right. foundation. Um, it just, I, I honestly love that analogy. Yeah, and I think it's just a really good thing, and it's just simplified, right? Because when you get down to brass tacks, it makes sense, right? And it's just like, again, that that approach that's going to be more direct and more succinct versus like, do this, do that, do this. Like, what if you don't know where your fires are even at to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the important part part about it. Yeah, yeah, get those answers. Um, and I don't know for myself, like. Some of that stuff was it was eye opening. Like I knew I was jacked up, but I didn't know how jacked up I was. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so it was good. It, it's it's super solid stuff, and it tells you just a lot about yourself, and like it really puts the pieces together, which I think a lot of people search for, and they don't really know where to start. So it's it's super informative information. Um, Absolutely. Go ahead. So today. We're going to be talking about the silent killer. <laughs> Is, uh, <laughs> um, no, but for real, we're going to be talking all about things sugar today. Um, I think, like, I, like we were kind of talking about before, um, I mean, talk about an epidemic. <laughs> sugar right? is that. It's, it, it truly is in absolutely almost everything that we do. People overconsume it. It's, I mean... Obesity is on the rise. Type two diabetes is on the rise. Like I'm sure we'll get into all that, but sugar, man, it's it's detrimental. So I'm definitely looking forward to picking your brain on it. Yeah, man. I mean, it really is when you talk about like a silent epidemic, and then it's there's this whole saying of like you have to listen to your body when it whispers um, because mm-hmm. you don't want to get to the point where you have to hear it scream. You know, Ooh, and like a huge, nice. huge component. I know, right? I just a little nugget right there. <laughs> yeah, um, with that hot right away I love it. <laughs> well and like sugar is a huge culprit within that right i mean when you think about it it is in every facet of what we do you know and there's again like another thing is like if you eat the standard american diet you would get the standard american chronic disease and that's not a myth that's fact now it's factual especially when you look at what's happening in the like the last two years right and like obviously that's a whole another rabbit hole we can go down but with that said, having a litany of all these different comorbidities and all these other healthcare chronic diseases, there is a thing that's contributing to that and something that you do every single day, right? Like what I tell every single patient I work with, there are two things you can control, what you put on your body and what you put in your body. And it really, really matters, right? And like you've even seen that with some of the stuff you've been going through. It's a huge, huge proponent of your health. Like it's mind boggling to me that people think that how they feel their body doesn't affect their life mm-hmm. or the way they, they, they interact within that frame. And um, that said, like kind of going through that, right? I think a huge thing of where this kind of came from and it stemmed like from the last, like, I don't know, there's, there was a study done. Um, and I think this is kind of where it started. It's like kind of the misinformation of what actually is going on in the body. So there's a study done in 1965. It was done by Procter and Gamble, okay? And what they wanted to do was see what fats and oils did to the body because there was this huge, huge kind of fight of trying to decide, like, dietary-wise, is it sugar or fat that's going to contribute to all the deaths of Americans, right? And it really, because at that time, men were at a higher rate of coronary heart disease. So, so oh. Some, some cardiovascular disease, some of those issues. And so what ended up happening, they created what was called the Hegstead equation. And what it did, it predicted the relationships between fats and the diet and then serum cholesterol, right? So they're kind of way about going at it. It was funny to think about, but they tested fats and oils by incorporating them into waffles, muffins, cakes, <laughs> cookies, pie crusts, biscuits, right? Salad dressings and spreads. 
for bread. So essentially they like gave somebody a Twinkie, but slapped a ton of butter on it, right? Like Beautiful, yummy. Yeah, right, exactly. I don't know how much sense that honestly makes. And right. So with, within this study, right, then Hex said, and so it's Dr. Hex said and Dr. Stairs, and they tore apart a bunch of studies that were implicating sugar and concluded that there was only one dietary modification, and that's changing fat and cholesterol intake that could prevent coronary heart disease. Of course. Yep, right? And at the time, so in 1967, the New England Journal of Medicine published these reviews, but back then, it did not require any of these researchers to disclose any conflicts of interest. Why I say that is because the people that paid for this study was the Sugar Research Foundation, right? If they could take the pressure off them, then that's going to allow the shift to happen. And since then, right, what has continued to happen? Like you kind of touched on before, we've continued to get sicker and sicker each and every day, right? Like the rates of chronic disease are through the roof. And like we talked, like awesome. you talked about, we'll get, we'll get into some of that statistics, excuse me, further because that didn't solve the issue, just created more kind of a cluster. Like one of the things that was, I, I pulled from a study, right, reading through it the last couple of days prepping for this, major evidence today suggests only one avenue by which diet may affect the development and progression of arteriosclerosis, which is like hardening of the plaque in the arteries. This is by influencing level, levels of serum lipids, especially specifically serum cholesterol. But as we've kind of talked about, right, cholesterol mm. is – the precursor to so many different steroid hormones in your body. You 93% of cholesterol your liver makes on its own. So you only get 7% from diet. So really, really important for just like your healing, your growth and repair in general. Cholesterol is not the issue here. It's the other factors that you put in your body, primarily sugar, like we've talked about, right? I think that's so, super important for people to hear because I mean you look at the research, you talk about heart disease and like oh man i can't tell you how many people are like yeah my cholesterol is high i gotta start a statin I'm like oh what like it's not bad you you literally need cholesterol it's like what else are you doing it and like that study putting fat <laughs> pairing it with diet yeah, or right. pairing it with sugar and then pulling off the fat is the the bad guy like what yeah <laughs> Yeah, right. So then that's what, since the 1960s, so that has kind of predicated, like, again, um, what the standard American diet looks like. And, mm -hmm. like, for example, like the, the food pyramid, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you, like, Patrick has talked about this before. He might have talked about it when, when y'all talked the last time. But if you eat the food pyramid, you will look like the food pyramid. <laughs> you know? <True. laughs> yeah. Because True. it should be, like, flipped upside down with how yeah. food kind of goes. Because when you think about this, Body composition-wise, okay, body composition-wise, your human body is 35% fat, 45% protein, 5% carbohydrates, 3% vitamin, 12% minerals. Yet, according to, the, like, the standard American diet, they say you need to eat 60% carbohydrates. Carbohydrates being sugar, right? Because, mm -hmm. yes, there are complex carbs and um, there's good sugar, bad sugar, right? We'll get in, get all into that. But immediately when we eat a carbohydrate, there is an enzyme called salivary amylase in our saliva. Mm -hmm. And immediately it converts that car carb into glucose right away. So into sugar. So if that is the predominant portion of our diet, why do we have issues where, you know, we wonder why we have all these chronic issues that we do. Mm -hmm. And body composition wise, that doesn't even make sense. Right, and then when you look at your brain composition, brain is 61% fat, 4% carb, 35% protein. So primarily, like fats are what we need. That's not like it's not the issue, right? And so diabetes, as a result, is an adaptation to these things, right? Because your body, your body doesn't make mistakes, so to speak. It just adapts to try to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, and for cholesterol and all those things, we get those from animal fats. We get those from our liver and you need fats to be healthy. So eating a low fat, fat free diet is actually kind of insane in some ways. <laughs> right. It is truly. And that's like, I think it's, again, you touched on another, like I, I was going to mention this before I didn't, but like meat, very similar to like the fat sugar 
article you mentioned, like meat has always been like the bad guy. But if you don't, if, if you look at the rest of what the people were eating along with that, it's like, how can you just pull one source out and say like blanket statement that this is bad for you? Like, yeah, you have to look at the other lifestyle factors, the other things that are being paired with it. It's like a lot of, a lot of red meat studies that I've read, like, a lot of those people like drank heavily. They smoked. They did this. Like were inactive, but yep. meat was the bad, the killer. It's like a what? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense with that. So like when you talk about like, different diets and exercises, right? So like example, the Atkins diet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Atkins diet. It's fifty five percent fat, ten percent carb, thirty five percent protein, and when Dr. Atkins actually passed away, he developed what was called cardiomyopathy, mm-hmm. so which was from a virus, though. Because when he had an autopsy done, his coronary arteries were blockage-free, no, had no issues, um, everything was clear, and his cardiologist, even at the time, said he had an extraordinarily healthy cardiovascular system. Mm-hmm. He just had other factors within there, right? So. Dr. Atkins was on the something diet-wise, but everyone was like, oh, he had a heart attack, so he was wrong. It's not necessarily true, right? So talking about, like, different percentages and diseases, right? Like, the standard American diet today, and I'm sure these numbers are starting to increase, um, causes approximately two-thirds of the deaths in chronic disease in the U.S. 40% of adults (laughs) are expected to have type 2 diabetes in their lifetime. 40? 40%, 40%, yep. One in 11 already have diabetes. One in two Native Americans have diabetes. 26% of adults have diabetes and don't even know they have it. 36%, which I would say this number is probably increasing lately, already have pre are pre-diabetic. Mm-hmm. The cost, Trevor, what do you think the cost of the medical system of diabetes and obesity is on a daily basis? What would you guess? Daily basis? Daily basis. Oh. Um, I'd put it in millions. It's a billion. Is it on a daily basis? On a daily basis. Holy hell. See, I was thinking, yeah. like, a year, like, billions, but holy hell. Yeah, right? And sugar consumption continues to rise. It's up to 20 to 25% annually. And fat consumption, which everyone says is the bad guy, has gone down 20%, okay? The average person in 1821 consumed 10 pounds of sugar in a year. What do you think that is this year? What do you think it is right now for 20, now 2022? We'll say 2021. Who do you think it was, the average? You said 10 pounds? 10 pounds in 1821, yeah. 1821. Um, uh, Let's go with, I'm going to say 100. It's over 160. The average (laughs) person per year will consume over 160 pounds of sugar, right? It's just wild, man. And the thing about it is, even if you're trying, like, not to eat sweets, right, it gets Mm -hmm. hidden in certain things, which is, Really crazy. Like if you go into a grocery store, there's a documentary called Fed Up. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I would highly recommend it to you or to anyone just in general. 80% of food in a grocery store has hidden sugar in it in some capacity, right? And so that's why it's really important to know what are those good sugars? What are those Mm -hmm. bad sugars? What are some of those things, right? And Mm -hmm. when you talk about it a little bit more and like how addictive sugar can be, like there was, um, there was a study done, uh, I believe it was in 2007, where this lab um, did it with rats at first, right? So they had 17 already cocaine-addicted rats that they were using, and they switched out their, the cocaine with sugar. And after a while, they wanted to see, like, what was more addictive or what did they prefer, and all of the rats preferred sugar. Because it lit up their their brain, and if you, you, there's a, they did an MRI scans, and if you put someone who's addicted to cocaine and someone who's addicted to sugar on the brain scan, they look the same. Like all their like their their neurons and their and their firing centers and their pleasure centers go through the roof. So it's like that's how serious it is, right? And this is not like a 
fear mongering scare thing. It's just like, this is the reality. Right. And so how I do mean, you support your body in it? Right. I mean, honestly, like you're not saying it to like elicit fear, but people should be scared by, I mean, this kind of stuff because it's honestly, it's an epidemic. I mean, people don't talk about it enough in right. my opinion. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And like when you like try to put some of the pieces of this together. Um, so we talk about like the top 10 diseases, chronic diseases um, mm-hmm. right now in the U.S. So heart disease, cancer, um, or excuse me, the top 10 leading causes of death in the U.S. Um, of them, there are of the top 10, one, two, three, four, five, six, six are highly influenced by sugar, skyrocketed by sugar, right? So number one being heart disease, okay? We talk about heart disease. Lifestyle dietary modifications can dramatically reduce the risk, okay? Cardiovascular disease rates have gone up by almost two times as high um, when someone is diagnosed with diabetes. Rates for heart attack are twice as high for any adults age 20 that are diagnosed with diabetes, okay? Mm. When you talk about cancer, Cancer cells love sugar, okay? Mm-hmm. They actually eat sugar 10 to 12 times the rate of how they, cancer would eat a normal cell. So cancer cells feed on sugar. Just feeds off it. Literally feeds off that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one-third of cancer cases um, in the U.S. are related to being overweight, are related to having obesity, are related to having a sedentary lifestyle, are related to having poor nutrition. You know, like if you were to look, examine like the urine of a cancer patient under a microscope, mm-hmm. the cancers, their sugar would disappear from the urine because the cancer cells just thrive on it. Again, like we talked about, they eat it, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about like stroke patients. Again, dietary lifestyle modifications can reduce that risk, but a stroke patient, someone, they are one to five times higher among adults that are diagnosed with diabetes for that to happen. Alzheimer's disease. Okay, that is also being known now as type three diabetes. Hmm. Okay, what happens when there's some certain levels in that you can look at, like obviously blood sugar, insulin, all those things. There's another one called hemoglobin A1C. What that is, that is your average blood sugar over a 12 week period. So in a span of three months, that is what your your blood sugar looks like. An individual who has a blood sugar above 5.3 actually starts to have shrinkage of their brain. Really? Mm-hmm. Because of sugar okay. being elevated at such a chronic chronic time for a longer duration, your brain will start to shrink, okay? But the normal level on a blood panel will say, if it's less than 5.6, 5.7, you're okay. But if it's at 5.3, your brain starts to shrink wouldn't we want to be proactive rather than reactive with that, right? Right. right. Okay. And then even like kidney disease, diabetes is listed as the primary cause of kidney failure in almost 50% of all new cases since 2011. Mm-hmm. In 2011, 50,000 people of all ages began treatment for kidney failure due to being diabetic, right? Really? So this is a thing that's like super, super important and it needs to kind of be addressed, right? And like right. how the how the world reacts to it um, needs to be improved, okay? Because like when you talk about sugar addiction, there's like this kind of cycle that perpetuates, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of get, just kind of review some of the basic info about it, but Perfect. basically you eat sugar, right? You crave it, it has those addictive properties, then your blood sugar starts to spike. Mm-hmm. In your brain, you have these dopamine receptors, right? Dopamine is that it's a brain hormone, an excitatory neurotransmitter. It's like your joy, motivation, excitement, that fires up, off, just gets absolutely lit up. Okay, that can, that release of that can lead to some addictive properties. It's also glutamine, another brain hormone. When that, that lights up, that signals in our brain, mm, this tastes good. I like this, this is delicious. I want more of it. Okay. Then as a result, these beta cells, okay, beta cells, they're kind of like your security guards, okay? They are created by the pancreas, and when we eat sugar and it's circulating in our blood, these beta cells are going to act like those guards, 
and sound these alarm bells to get these this team of dump trucks, we'll say, which is insulin, right? To go through your blood and start to bring blood sugar down. And that way it can transport it to other areas as a result to bring those, that blood glucose down, okay? As that falls, there is a high insulin level that causes immediate fat storage, right? By transferring those dump trucks and then your body will start to crave that lost sugar high. Okay. So that's where some of the addictive properties come in, okay? Then when it, you transfer into there, the cycle then goes to your hunger and cravings because as your blood sugar drops, your appetite increases, and then this cycle starts to perpetuate, right? So when you have these beta cells, these security guards doing their job, if they get overworked, it's not just from sugary foods. It's from refined carbohydrates. It's from cereals. It's from bread. It's from pastas. It's from alcohol, right? And eventually, like, kind of, your body's kind of like a machine. If your parts start to wear out, those alarm bells, the security guards can't do their job as effectively. They get burnt out. You get into this pre-diabetic range that, that A1C starts to rise. You're type 2 diabetic, right? Your beta cells will weaken, and then you can't control that, and you get into what's called like an insulin resistance, okay? Mm. Insulin resistance, right? So when your blood sugar stays high at a certain level, insulin, again, those dump trucks try to elevate to bring your blood sugar down. But if they're overworked and those dump trucks, you just try to create more and more because it's not doing the job, there's resistance with that insulin because it's not doing its job as effectively. And then it starts to kind of incorporate into your liver. So the body's all connected in all these different right, ways, right? So you're not quite a diabetic yet, mm-hmm. but your blood sugar and your insulin is not working effectively. So that starts to become a, create like a desensitization, which leads to what, what you would call insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. That cycle perpetuates even more, not just the cravings and the addiction, but your adrenals and your liver then try to rescue you from that, okay? Your adrenal gland is going to create what's called cortisol. We've kind of mm-hmm. talked about this in the past. That's your stress hormone. Mm-hmm. When cortisol goes up, you start to gain your weight. When we talk about some other key markers, right, like hormonally and androgenically, everything is going to increase. Certain levels are going to lower, and it's going to cause a huge downfall in this whole cascade of issues in the body. It's going to lead to more obesity going to lead to more cardiovascular health disease cancer alzheimer's right all these different things that pretty much are going to give you some bad news mm-hmm. so just like again that's like kind of like a little brief basic snapshot without going down a rabbit hole but like it, yeah like that's how your body works and it's crazy how a simple simple thing what you what you put in it can create those cascade of issues right and i think like what's you, you kind of talked about like the spike that happens when you kind of have that blood sugar, basically a hit of it. Um, and I know that like typically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but typically like we want to limit the amount that our blood glucose, blood sugar spikes throughout the day um, to kind of limit some of these things that happen. And like what typically happens though, like when everybody is consuming the sad standard American diet is we start to get those chronic levels of blood sugar. Like they're chronically elevated, which, I mean, then the pancreas kind of can't release that insulin. Like it just becomes less effective, right, to bring that sugar, blood sugar levels down. Yep. Which is, is, like you said, it starts to fail. Things start to not work how they do. And like then you have these other, that's where those diseases come into play. Yeah, and it's again, it's a thing like, you know, like diet and exercise. It's so briefly talked about, but can totally reverse a lot of these issues mm-hmm. and a lot of these things you're experiencing, right? And Perfect. when you like, what's that like? There's sugar too. Like, not all sugar is bad. Okay. There are Perfect. some essential, su- yeah, there's some essential sugars that you need, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, there's about eight that we talk about that are essential. So, glucose galactose, glucose, mannose, glucosamine, galactosamine, neuraminic acid, and then xylose. So I'll just like, I can touch on those briefly of like what some of those even do, right? So glucose, right? Simple monosaccharide, the most widely available of all of our essential sugars, okay? Primary energy source that comes from a lot of plants and animals, right? That's that first thing that, that we, when we eat, we get that glucose kick, okay? When it is processed into table sugar, all of those nutrients and all the fibers 
are completely stripped away from it, okay? And that's what's going to create some of those issues with raising levels and raising insulin levels and unchecked consumption, and that's what's going to lead to more of those epidemics, right? Like good sources of glucose, just in general, like grapes, bananas, cherries, strawberries, mangoes, aloe vera, seaweed, kelp, honey, licorice, right? There's a whole list of stuff, okay? Then when we talk about like galactose, Lactose is primarily, it's predominantly found in dairy products, but it's not just dairy. A lot of people think that, oh, glucose is glucose plus lactose equals galactose. You only get it from dairy, right? But you actually also can get it from fruits and veggies and some herbs in that process, okay? Fucose, for example, that is something that your body naturally can create if you're a mother, right? A breastfeeding mother. It's in mm-hmm. human breast milk, brewer's yeast, certain types of mushrooms, sea kelp, really important for inflammatory being help or help, helping in anti-inflammatory effects really boosting and enhancing immune system so it makes sense being in like breast milk right mm-hmm. mannose then mannose is another essential sugar that's really cool because it's got a ton of antibacterial properties mm-hmm. so for example someone that has chronic infection or like a uti for example an over excess of like e coli bacteria mannose bacteria will your mannose sugar will basically get eaten by this bacteria. And then as a result, that antibacterial property of mannose then helps kind of that bacteria implode on itself and exit it through the body and get rid of that infection. Okay, really, really important for another immune system boost. Then glucosamine, right? Obviously your background, pretty familiar with that from your perspective. Really good joint health, improves a lot of things, it's a precursor to our cartilage, right? So some regenerative properties within there that can be found in a lot of shellfish, shrimp, crab, things like that. Another one, galactosamine. Galactosamine is really important. Again, that's found in a lot of similar shellfish, really good for cell to cell communication, helps regulate some inflammatory issues and normal operation of our immune system. And also really important with cardiovascular disease. Okay, really high antioxidant. And then the last two that we kind of talked about, some of those essential sugars, neuraminic acid. Neuraminic acid is really, really important in development, learning, brain function, memory performance, okay? That's found in breast milk, also found in like more, in like chicken eggs, organic chicken eggs specifically, right? Because like if if you have a free-range chicken and they're pecking at the ground, what are they eating? They're picking up bugs. What are those? Those are key proteins. It's the building blocks for a lot of that that you need, like hormonally speaking. And then the last one is xylose. Xylose also has really high antibacterial properties. It's actually a key contributor to prevention of cancer in the GI tract. So really? again, not all not all sugar is bad. Right. But there are certain ones that you want to stay away from. And a lot of these essential ones you can get in good quality diet and that's where diet and exercise are so important in these processes hmm. yeah so not all sugar's bad mind blown right i, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people just hear sugar blanket statement like they know it's bad and they either choose to ignore it or they just don't know uh like that it's all just not equal like sugar doesn't like good bad sugar like there's not just a blanket statement of sugar and i mean there's benefits to some of this stuff yeah, absolutely. And so, like, then going through that, right? Like, we kind of talk about it here at the Wellness Way. Like, there is good, bad, and ugly as mm-hmm. far as sugar goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, talking about the good. Okay. So, sugar substitutes, right? If you have that sweet tooth, or you want to add something to your coffee, or you want to start baking and cooking and making things that's a little bit sweeter, there are great alternatives for that that are not going to have those detrimental effects that like sugar would on the body. So an example, uh, an example, one of them is like stevia. Okay. So mm-hmm. with that stevia, like, uh, just another key stat about it, um, consumption of it significantly lowers like postprandial insulin levels as well as postprandial glucose levels. Okay. Xylitol is another good option. Mm-hmm. Monk fruit is a great option. Pure, like fresh from the fat, like maple syrup, really, mm-hmm. really solid. Coconut sugar, raw honey, sorghum are really good options, okay? 
the bad stuff you want to stay away from, which, you know, most people have an idea or they've heard about it. Like obviously your white sugars, Mm -hmm. white sugar is not great. Brown sugar isn't that great either, right? There's other options. Molasses isn't as good. Agave syrup. A lot of people think agave syrup is great for you, but 90% of agave syrup is fructose. Fructose, what it does, it actually is really highly inflammatory. It steals the ATP in our GI tract that keeps our cell wall together and pulls it apart. It makes us more susceptible to issues like leaky gut, which promote more inflammation, which kind of promote more chronic disease after a while, right? Mm-hmm. Not great. Rice syrup, another one that's, that's bad. Then getting into the ugly, right? The ugly ones. Fructose, like we talked about. Fructose is bad news, man. High fructose <laughs> corn syrup. Yes. High fructose corn syrup we want to stay away from. Okay. Um, Truvia, if you're familiar with what Truvia is, yeah. like it's kind of marketed as stevia, but it's actually more chem- chemically processed and refined. So there's some other additives in there that are not good. Mm-hmm. Saccharin. Saccharin is an artificial sugar that's pretty detrimental. That's like sweet and low. So those little packets that like the diners. Yep. As- aspartame. So aspartame, also known as like equal, NutraSweet, I think it's in like chopped can of slim, Candorol, all these other things has some damaging properties. And then sucralose, like Splenda. So sucralose is really common and hidden in a lot of things. So it's important to read ingredient labels, but like Splenda packets, for example, like 10 years ago, if you read the back of a Splenda package, um, you, you, I don't know if you, if you, if you know this, but I'll just ask like, what did it say on the back of the little packet? Do you no remember? Idea. No, no idea. It, yeah, it may cause cancer in rats. <laughs> Yet pe- people are putting that in their body. Like, right. That doesn't make much sense. <laughs> right? No. So, yeah, like, again, there are good sugars. Yeah. There are great alternatives, but you have to stay away from the bad ones and the ugly ones, too. For sure. So all this uh, Zevia soda that I drink is A-OK, huh? Okay, man, you are in the clear there. <laughs> that's what I like to hear because that stuff is my escape. Like I try, I got a sweet tooth. I mean, I told you this. Like mm-hmm. I, I have the worst sweet tooth, and I like have cut candy out completely. Like I just haven't had it. Um, yeah. But we we add a lot of uh, coconut. Like not a lot. When we do cook, that someone needs some sugar. We use coconut sugar, um, primarily sometimes organic maple syrup. But these zevias, I mean, they take that edge off. Also, yeah. um, <laughs> dates with some uh, coconut flakes on top of it. Like I, I go for that too. But yeah, there's yeah, ways. no, right, there's workarounds. Exactly, there are exactly, and there's ways, and there's good options, and there's good things that you can have, and um, you know, it's just a matter of like seeking those out or getting some guidance from someone who kind of goes through that lifestyle, right? And like, so mm-hmm. you are a great resource for someone that is kind of trying to switch onto the track because now you're like not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk too. And you found mm-hmm. options, you found alternatives that are good for you and good for you in the long run, right? right? Super important from that aspect in general too. And like when you talk about some lifestyle modifications and other things and, um, you know, it's the crazy thing about sugar though too is from that whole aspect of as, as you go into that and you start testing for things, you can see improvements. Like, for example, I have a patient who, you know, like we kind of his last resort. He has been on metformin for 15 years, which is, um, you know, a, a diabetic medication. Um, was taking all these statins because his sugar was driving all these other stuff, his cholesterol, high blood pressure medications. And he, he's like, you know what, I feel awful this is supposed to help me and I feel awful and I want to eventually get off these. Right. And like mm-hmm. my scope of practice is like, you know, I totally understand that. I'll, I'll support your body and help you support, provide you these tools to kind of get you to where you want to go. And then you'll have those conversations with your medical doctor in that regard. And I was like, cool, let's get after it. Let's do it. In six weeks of like getting under care, his blood sugar on average was at, at 130, dropped to 89. Wow. But that's because he found these other options. He's doing these all other alternatives, right? We tested his body to see where his fires are at, right? Because, again, mm-hmm. that whole fireman carpenter principle like we talked about, right? I don't want to just keep spraying down his house. I want to know what's causing the fire in the first place. Right. Right? And you can't 
figure that out unless you test for it, right? And we found these other things that he had issues with sugar metabolism, some upper GI stuff, right? Getting that pancreas to start stimulating, getting those beta cells to work a little bit more efficiently, not artificially, right? And as a result, we saw a lot of these improvements in a lot of these things because the crazy thing about the human body in general, like there's another patient, for example, that avoided all his sugars, but his stuff kept rising. And we're like, man, what's going on? What's going on? It turns out his he's CEO of a company. They just purchased another company. There's a merger. His stress is through the mm -hmm. roof. What's one of the big things that happens when you have high stress, that cortisol goes up. When cortisol goes up, so does your blood sugar, so does your blood pressure, right? Like immediately, right away. So stress was causing some of these issues too. And that's where, again, like everything is connected. There's all these different approaches that it's really important to have an understanding of what is health what does that actually look like it's an inside job not an outside job mm -hmm. for sure yeah and that's and that's kind of what led me to do some of this stuff too is like i mean like we talked it was like sleep stress just not feeling right like i knew that there was a better i should be feeling better like i could be feeling better but you don't know what you don't know like until you test for it, you don't really know like yep. what the issue is. And it's, it's so important to find that stuff out because it's not general. Like you can't treat every single person by a general blanket number. Like you got to find out what's going on with yourself. Like, I, I think that's one of the biggest points to be made because you, you got to go with what your body does. Like not everybody has the same issues. Yeah, right. I mean, like, way. exactly. It's not, it shouldn't be like a, a cookie cutter approach, so to speak. Like, hey, mm -hmm. Trevor, you're this tall, you weigh this much, so you fit into this box. Like, right. No, like, your lifestyle, your environment, your 3T, so to speak, your trauma, your, your thoughts, your toxins are not going to be the same person, right? Mm -hmm. That's sitting next to you. Right. It's just a completely different biochemical, physiological makeup. And the way your body reacts to things is different than the average person, right? So, like, when you talk about other lifestyle modifications or things that you can do to limit the stress from some sugars or from metabolic syndromes, right? Like, talking about some diet things, you know, one, a couple of things that I recommend from the start, drinking a half to one full gallon of water each day, okay? Mm -hmm. Because your body is made up of almost 70% like water and hydration, really important, okay? Eating quality proteins because those are the building blocks that reduce inflammation and inflammatory loads also are going to help boost your energy levels. So more, excuse me, organic or leaner meats, right? Red meat is not the bad guy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really good rich vitamins and minerals in that. Grass-fed is obviously better. Why that is, is because of, omega-6s and omega-3 fatty acids, right? Or even like wild-caught fish, higher in omega-3s, really, really important in that regard. Chicken, eggs, nuts, seeds, beans, lentils, right? All great things. Avoid the, like hydrogenated oils, soybean oils, things like that. Those are highly inflammatory. Removing some of the bad fats and replacing those with good fats because they're not only essential for sh sugar metabolism, but hormone production, cancer prevention, brain development, mental clarity, right? Mm -hmm. all, all important, okay? Um, obviously, lots of vegetables. You should eat twice as many vegetables as you do fruit. Hmm. Why that is, raw veggies contain a lot of really solid enzymes that work with your pancreatic enzymes, like pancreatic elastase, for example, to promote and help digestion. It's not when your body does that, not all these enzymes get consumed right away, but the excess end up getting stored, okay? Your body stores these enzymes to support your immune system and stores them within your white blood cells. So basically, it's like the white blood cells then spray them on foreign invaders so they can attack your immune, they can attack those things that are going to compromise your immune system. So there's, there's a lot of therapeutic benefits and functional benefits with that. Obviously, removing the sugar from a diet and replacing it with those non-inflammatory sweeteners is really, really important, okay? Because, again, like we talked about, sugar just contributes to inflammatory issues, contributes to oxidative stress, right? Mm -hmm. 
causes us to rot, basically. Like, if you put an iron bar in water, what's going to happen? It's going to rust from oxidation. Same kind of premise happens with the human body in the consumption of all these artificial sugars. Hmm. We start to have oxidative stress, start to kind of rot from the inside out. Yeah. That's a good analogy. I mean, that paints a picture. That's kind of gross to think about, like, that actually happening inside of your body. Right, right. And, like, I think that's that's the biggest thing in this is because, like, I mean, you and I, we could definitely go down rabbit holes and get super nerdy, <laughs> super science-y, right? Because right. that's, like, kind of the people we are. But yep. making it simplified and make sense with these analogies mm-hmm. or um, different stories is important because people can understand, like, wow, that's actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I have a question then. So – Sugar and hormones, it's different between male and female, correct? A little bit Absolutely. more detrimental for one than the other? Yes. Yeah, man, exactly. So I'm glad you asked this question. So when we talk about sugar, right, like the number one thing that's really detrimental to, like, to women or to females, hormonally speaking, is stress. Mm-hmm. Stress can accumulate in a lot of different ways, right? Physical stress, emotional stress, chemical stress. Because women have, estrogen is not a singular female hormone. There's like 14 different estrogen metabolite hormones and they change on a weekly basis. There's a lot of different factors that can contribute to that. For men, like we're so laser focused, testosterone is like the main thing we deal with. The number one thing that is detrimental to men in their health hormonally is sugar. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what happens when men eat excess amounts of sugar it actually, so your body has what are called steroid hormone pathways. And it's all these different conversions and pathways that your hormones travel down. It's like a waterfall, basically. It starts from the top with that cholesterol, like we talked about earlier. And then it feeds into your, the rest of your hormones and it kind of flows down this waterfall, flows downhill. When you have high sugar, the testosterone, instead of kind of converting to the rest of your androgens and your sex hormones, instead will aromatize, meaning it will speed up and convert into estrogens. Mm. So that's where sedentary lifestyle, motivation, lack of energy, sex drive, just Mm -hmm. mental fatigue, right? Like brain fog, all contributes and correlates to that. Like, again, like, and that's one of the biggest things, right? And, you know, like working with patients, men respond a little bit quicker with, some of these things because it's so intensely diet related. Yeah. I mean, across the board, diet is related to everything, but for men in particular, like getting that sugar consumption under control really starts to turn around a lot of their stuff hormonally from a testosterone standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. And you know, we've talked about that. Um, and I think that's why kind of what made me ask, I just think it's, a, I thought it was, it's really interesting to hear the differences. Um, first of all, but then just again, hitting home on like diet across the board, lifestyle, like it's literally the easiest thing you can do. Like it's, it's tough. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's difficult if you've kind of not been doing it and practicing that way, that lifestyle. But once you kind of, are, once you're on it, like you feel better and you feel better if you don't want to go back. Like, yeah. It takes a little right? bit of time, but once you feel what it feels like to feel good, you don't go backwards. You don't want to. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you get to a point in your life where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, like, I had this football coach in college that he would always say, if you continue to do what you've always done, you'll continue to get what you've always got, right? Yeah. So something's got to change. You know, mm-hmm. everyone in their life has these different circumstances, and you have to kind of, like, either figure it out or you don't. Those are kind of your mm-hmm. options. And you get to a point, right, where you're, like, at this crossroads where, okay, like, this is kind of where I'm at. I need to figure this out because I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be another statistic. And mm-hmm. that proactive rather than reactive lens to see it through is really important. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. Man, this is a ton of information. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's good, good though. though, man. Like, I, yeah, man, I know we've been trying to do this for a while and just, like like I said, I appreciate it, right? Because, you know, 
you kind of try to find your network of people, like your tribe, so to speak, and yeah. the ability to have these conversations. And, you know, like obviously, you know, you, Erica, and then listening to your, y'all's podcast and like, wow, like the Green Bay community, like these people are out there and they need yeah. help. And we can help in that process and provide some guidance and some expertise. Like it's kind of a no brainer. Right. I mean, it it really is. And that's, that's what's great is like, there's so many options available that people don't even necessarily know about. And it's non-traditional, which I think, like you said, like medicine, time, place, like it's necessary, but they, but when it comes down to like some other things, there are deeper dives that can be taken, different things that can be looked at that can contribute yeah. to some of that kind of increased longevity of life, better quality of life. And then like, hopefully you can dial back some of those medications that were helping you kind of survive, but then you kind of change the narrative a little bit and figure it out for yourself. Feel good. Like there's answers are out there. Just seek them out. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, a few questions for you. Um, Unless you got any more info you want to shoot at us. Uh, No, man. I mean, I think, I would say this before I answer your questions. I think like the best thing, like my recommendation, unless this is, is this going to be one of your questions? Right, maybe I, I'm jumping the gun. So jump the gun. Um, have at it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would say is like the best thing to do, right? If this is like something that you are concerned with or you have other health issues or like looking for those options is to test your body, see these things, right? Cause like you can't know unless you actually test to know, right? Like, mm-hmm. You can continually guess, like you can read this, you can have the Dr. Oz effect, you can do like, oh, this works, I heard that works, I'm going to take this. Like, You need to know, though, do you have an overabundance or do you have a deficiency in something, right? right? Is there a need for this or not? And you only know that by actually testing. So doing lab work, doing stool tests, doing urine tests, whatever it is, figure out where your body is at. So again, that whole perspective, see where the fires are at so you know where they are so you can put them out and then repair and rebuild going forward yeah that's that's perfect you jumped the gun (laughs) (laughs) so that'll eliminate one of the questions like i mean but when i ask like what's one thing that people can start doing to kind of change that lifestyle like there it is i mean that's yep that's what it is that was great so then now i only got two questions for you all right so i'm off the hook (laughs) a little bit (laughs) <laughs> no, no, we're good. Um, so like, obviously we're, we're both into healthy lifestyles. So, um, promoting it, helping people kind of go down that way. So like for you personally, like I always like to hear what, um, the guests are doing themselves, like favorite activity to do in Green Bay, like to kind of show again, show more options. Like there's a lot of them out yeah. there. So I like hearing what people are doing. So like, what's, what's yours? Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean. I, like, I'm pretty active. Yeah, like you said, like, I go to the gym and stuff in the morning. But I really enjoy, with where we live, um, hiking. And really, like, mm. hiking along the lake. Yeah. You know, and, like, obviously, the last week, it's been an adjustment with the cold. <laughs> but um, I think getting out and moving your body is so important. And mm-hmm. getting, like, some fresh air, right? And just getting muscles and things to move and work and to, again that whole sedentary lifestyle it can play a role in a lot of these factors that people experience so i really enjoy doing that like having the accessibility there's some, some awesome hiking trails right like even door county um right. it's not that far and they have really really cool hiking and like peninsula state park stuff like that um getting out and doing that a lot that's that's one thing I, it's like a good stress release too. Yes. I can kind of unplug a little bit, get away. And exactly. It's beautiful. So that's, that's yeah. one thing I definitely do around the area. Yeah. Peninsula state park is awesome. Um, we'll take our dogs there with us too. And like throw that phone on airplane mode, like just disconnect. And like you Absolutely. said, stress, like it's so important to do that stuff. Absolutely. Um, then I guess last question, <laughs> since we got, since we got number three answered, um, so like resources, um, whether it be a book, podcast, like what do you got that people could look at to learn more about like health in general? And like health, I say very vague because it's such a broad okay. umbrella term. What do you got? Yeah. Like, what's, what's something that you go to? Um, so 
I mean, I'm kind of spoiled with where I'm at, right? Um, very. <laughs> at, at the Wellness Way Green Bay, right? I'm yeah. constantly surrounded by um, this like health movement, so to speak, mm-hmm. and um, some excellent practitioners and some docs. And um, so picking their brains, but also the resource of like the wealth of knowledge, like we have a Wellness Way Academy where um, if you're interested, you can get on and like learn more about what we do and it gives you like kind of that whole scope of practice. But then um, I also love listening to podcasts, right? So I'm glad you brought that up. Like one that I've been listening to lately that I actually really like called the model health show. Um, And there's a lot of good resources there. Um, uh, Another book I just read actually recently that makes sense to me. It's called the mind gut connection. And um um, yeah, I'm not sure if you've heard about, it, but it's from a, a medical doctor. His name is Emerin Mayer, and it basically just talks about how the gut and GI and digestive system really drive everything in our body. Right, ninety mm-hmm. percent of your immune system and immune cells are created there. Your the majority of your brain hormones and neurotransmitters are yeah. created there. Right, so like your happy hormone serotonin, that dopamine we talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really, really interesting. And, you know, like uh, the Doctor's Pharmacy, that's another podcast I listen to. And that's with uh, uh, Dr. Mark Hyman, another medical doctor. And just, again, all from this world and approach that we like to talk about, right? That's more um, preventative, yeah, so to speak. So cool. that's, that's some of the stuff I've been, I've been digging on lately. Yeah. Yeah, that mind-gut connection. I'm going to check that one out. Have you read uh, Brain Maker? Um, um, I have not. Yeah, that's a that's a good one too. Um, I forget off the top of my head who it's by, but um, it's all again like brain, mind, gut, brain connection. How it's all intertwined. Um, I think the cover is like a stem of broccoli, but <laughs> but. Oh yeah, uh, I just saw it. Yeah, okay. it's it's really good. Um, real important, but probably similar, like you said, mind, gut connection. Talks a lot about like how it's basically our second brain the gut so it's i think yep. you'll probably like it if you haven't read it yet it's super good super good yeah my, i might i'm gonna put it in my uh in my cart right now nice, and order it up. nice man changing lives <laughs> that's right nice. that's right <laughs> sick cool um if people want more information like get in contact with you or <clears throat> the wellness way in general like where can they go what can they hit up yeah for sure so um Probably the easiest way, I would say, um, on Facebook at the Wellness Way um, Green Bay. Um, on YouTube, there's there's a, the Wellness Way where there's a lot of videos and stuff there. Um, Instagram at the Wellness Way Green Bay. If they want to get a hold of me specifically too, they can always email greenbay at the wellnessway dot com or uh, give us a call at nine two zero four two nine two eight four four. We are located um, just over on West Mason Street, so 2525 mm-hmm. West Mason Street. We were in the building shared with the Petco. Now the Petco is no longer there, and we are expanding because nice. we're just growing so rapidly. Yeah, so we were at that building there. It's kind of right across, I believe, from the festival. So, yeah. 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 I didn't know that. I didn't know uh, Petco was. Yeah, I man. This, uh, yeah, they are. Uh, they just, just got got done right in, uh, last week so now we're like okay expanding. so you guys are and, moving on over that's sick like yeah we were we were lucky enough to uh we hung out with uh dr patrick for a few hours um i don't know a few months back we kind of walked yep. the whole place and like it's unbelievable and then obviously like me being over there for my own stuff like it's an unbelievable building it's so cool yeah yeah man it's awesome and like the the plans right it's gonna be super cool like we're gonna nice. obviously expand with like some gym stuff a gym and then oh, nice. they're putting in uh some more storage and some more offices and um it's gonna be it's gonna be really a really really cool thing but really like impactful for patients and yeah. like i think you know like i kind of like my final piece with this um again not not trying to get preachy not trying to like drop some like big truth bombs or anything <laughs> but i think like you know, so much of this spectrum of health, right, 
in these holistic pr practitioners and alternative ways. And you, the genuineness of it, it's like sometimes like you have to see like, what is that buffer? And I think so many people are about the transactional portion of it and not the transformational one. So I just want you to know, like, I'm appreciative of the fact that like, I can have this connection like with you because I know you're one of those transformational practitioners and that's what it's all about. So like, again, man, I just am so appreciative and honored that I get to be on this with you and that I call, can call you a friend and that, you know, like, it's just cool that this is kind of where things have kind of grown and it's just nice to make those connections even more. So thank you. Sure. Oh, absolutely, man. I really, I really appreciate that. And you know, it's, it's likewise, like it goes both ways, dude. Awesome. For sure. Awesome. Well, I mean, appreciate the time. I know you're a busy dude. Got a lot going on. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no happen. problem, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. I really am. Awesome, guys. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll see you next time. If you would like more information about us at Movement Performance and Rehab, or information on one of our guests, or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast, please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. That's info at movementgb.com.